tacos, they get them, and food is Yes, we have an audience member. It's 8 o'clock, it's Friday night. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. If you're out there in a listening audience, hey, how you doing? We're going to hold a little bit. Just for a few seconds, we're going to hold. But we have a person, yeah, we're doing a show. All right. MutinyRadio.fm. that your new open mic's gonna be at. It's really exciting. Um, Yeah, another open mic in the city. This isn't an open mic. This is actually a real show. Yay! I'm Euros tonight. These are all people on the show. So you get to, we get to all get to know each other. Uh, This is gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really, really high right now. I ate one of my own edibles and it's like super kicking in and I'm like, whoa. It's been hard lately. I've been eating edibles and, I, and I'm afraid I'm going to die, like slipping in the shower. Is anybody else afraid? You're, it's, you're not as old as I am. When you, when you turn 44 and sometimes you're really high and the water's like in your face, sometimes there's a feeling like, ah, <laughs> like I don't have any grippies on the floor like an old lady yet, but I need to kind of get those because it's a ah, kind of feeling. Any, anybody ever get so high that they forget how their own shower works? No, just me. It's like airbnb being in your own home. Ah, it's hot, it's cold. Ah. Paying all this money and there's cat litter on the bathroom floor. What's going on here? I have cats. Cat. I'm thinking about getting a second cat because my cat... The anniversary of my cat's death, this is, I'm going to bring it down here for a second and I'm going to try not to cry. June 5th, my best friend Spike died. Does anyone else have a cat that they like cared so much about that they're like a family member and they love them like a brother, son, child? Yes. God, I miss my cat so much. So I waited a long time and then we got this new cat. And he is not the old cat. He doesn't snuggle me. He doesn't love me. I have to pick him up and snuggle him without consent. He is like a consent-based cat, and I am fucking it up. I am just like, you will snuggle now. He won't let me. The cutest thing about him was when he had his balls still, and um, they looked like two cute little pussy willows, and I like to touch him. I go, ah, I just like to touch him. They're just so cute, and I didn't want to chop him off. I didn't want to chop off his balls. 
I really didn't because I had a philosophical conundrum with it. Like we as man changing animal, why do we think we're better? What are we doing? And then I realized like he was getting really sexually frustrated and his little kitty crayon was coming out. And I, and I thought about it, but I just didn't want to have to take two little Q-tips and dip them in Vaseline and jack off my cat. Like I love my cat, but like not that much. No one likes a hand job. That's not true. I actually quite enjoy a hand job. It's, <laughs> I do. I do. My boyfriend was finger banging me the other day, and uh, my cat didn't just sniff his fingers, he licked them. Meaning that my cat really, really loves me. <laughs> or women really do taste like tuna. Either way, these aged purple lips are a fine sashimi. That's ahi, not albacore. None of that white shit. It is dark and purpled with age. I have been. It, woo! No, I'm just, I'm just so glad that uh, feminism exists so I can talk about my butthole on stage and my weird little vaginal flaps. I have, it, it is my, um, my vagina like is like a one-winged butterfly made of thickly sliced roast beef. It's like there's this one little tiny wonky fin like Nemo. I feel like that's where I get all my sexual power from. My butthole looks like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. <laughs> My butthole looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's meaty. I've grossed you out yet? That's feminism I can talk about. It's so fun. Feminism's so fun these days because people are like, well, men should just stop objectifying women and we should just stop all that behavior. And I'm like, no, feminism's here. We can objectify equally now. Yay! No? <laughs> no one's up for that kind of equality? I got catcalled the other day on the street. Actually, I don't know if it was catcalling. I'm having a difficult time knowing the difference between catcalling and complimenting. You guys ever have this trouble with the line? I was walking down the street and a nice gentleman said to me, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. That's a compliment. <laughs> that is a nice compliment, actually. I'm totally excited about that. Uh, I walked by another guy and he said, you got a nice fit on today. And I get it, right? Like, I'm fit. I'm wearing an outfit, double entendre. Thank you questionably housed man. Yeah, I really, it's a compliment. Um, and, and then another guy I walked by and he said, oh, like that skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Ah, ah, okay, that's catcalling. That's catcalling. Also, that's gross. Why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? That's kind of weird. That's like, <laughs> why would you want to do that, dude? Gross. Catcalling. Talking a lot about cats in this set. I love cats. I love every kind of cat. I want to hug them all, but I can't. <laughs> I just love quoting that old. I'm sorry. I, I just got like YouTube. I don't do um, technology. I don't do it. And so like, I, I'm like, oh, what is this thing on the internet? And then people are like, yeah, like, welcome to 2006, Pam. MySpace is gone. Like, you don't, I just don't know what's happening in the world. Uh, yay. Let's, uh, yay. No, I know the world. No, I submerge myself in a barrel of whiskey and come out for free ice cream days. Like, that's, that's what I do. That's, <laughs> that's like 7-Eleven also. You get a free Slurpee on 7-Eleven. We can all look forward to that day together. Not a lot more look to look forward to. Uh, except this show. Yeah. And two non-comedians here in our audience. Fuck yeah. 
and our huge listening audience up there in the sky, all on the internet. Uh, the way this show goes is we usually sing a little song, and then we get started. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy, clubhouse. comedy, clubhouse. together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high. Everybody's cool with smoking pot, right? Cool, because we got a station bong, and we're going to kick it up. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come visit my clubhouse? Yay! I'm so excited. We really do have a super stellar lineup tonight, and um, and it's it's going to be a great show. You guys are in for a super treat. All right, and of course, I didn't make a lineup. Usually, what I like to do is make the comedians eyeball each other and kind of like, like, like sort of mad dog each other. But Marty Cunney's not in the room, so he can't even be part of the mad dogging to be like who's going first kind of thing. I kind of like to leave it up to you guys, like that you and girl and lady comic. I just like because I can even tell, I can even feel by the way you're looking at each other and who avoids eye contact and what's going on and what happens. Oh yeah. No, you can't tell? I'm going to bring up Kaiser Leap. Oh, he's in the bathroom. Did you want to do your set from the bathroom? I don't know if it'll stretch. No, I'm not. Okay. Ah! <laughs> Someone light a joint. <laughs> Someone light a joint quick. Wow. The, the bathroom. I don't think, I actually don't think that the cords goes into the bathroom, but that would be fun to do a set from in there or have it be like a green room. All right, Kaiser, you're going to go first. Hell yeah! Uh, Kaiser Lee runs a bunch of shows and open mics in San Francisco. One of them's on Tuesdays at Piano Fight, and I believe it's called uh, the um, the always famed, the completely famous, the totally famous, the very famous open mic. Uh, he also runs a show called Kaiser and Friends. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Kaiser Lee! <laughs> I just wish it was famous enough that Pam knew the name of it. That'd be great. I only spend like a hundred dollars a month on ads for that. We actually had a person there the other day, like a real person came to watch the open mic. I was like, hey, did you see my ad? She was like, no. <laughs> Whatever. I've been dating recently. Dating sucks. I hate it. Because uh, they, they want to talk about stuff, and they're all the stuff they want to talk about is stupid. But, uh, like you get there, and it's like, oh, you really like traveling, and you went to a music festival. That's cool. Uh, what I need to know is, can you put out a burning well in Kuwait during the first Gulf War? Uh, my daddy issues require that you replace the missing love of a 6'2 oil worker. This is not a fair expectation to have of San Francisco women. It was also not a fair expectation to have of Montana women. Montana, Montana's really weird, though, because uh, I say that I'm from Montana, and what she hears is something along the lines of, I grew up fly fishing and riding horses, and I can wrestle a grizzly bear. And that's not true. I, I grew up feeling totally inadequate. Uh, do you guys have seen the movie A River Runs Through It? That movie is supposed to be the gold standard. That movie was filmed like a mile from where I grew up, and everybody's like, oh, the guys are... Uh, uh. That movie is a two-hour documentary of Brad Pitt reminding everybody how much that I am not Brad Pitt. <laughs> Babies are stupid, huh? <laughs> Babies are just tiny immigrants from the future. And sure, right now, they just want, like, a handout and free health care. But you know later on they're going to be stealing jobs from hardworking millennials. 
I think we should build a really tiny wall. The other day I saw this baby. This baby was wearing yellow Converse All-Star sneakers. I was like, man, that is a cool baby. And I thought about that a little more. I was like, wait a minute, that's not a cool baby. That baby didn't pick out those shoes. Somebody bought those shoes for that baby. Somebody decorated that baby. Baby is not a lifestyle that requires decoration. Okay, baby is a lifestyle that requires transportation and storage. What you should do is you get like the plastic grocery bag. You put the baby in the plastic grocery bag. Baby poops, you hose off the baby. Throw away the plastic grocery bag, get another plastic grocery bag. People are like, well, Kaiser, where do I get so many plastic grocery bags? Well, you get it from the bag of plastic grocery bags that you have under the sink. There's no other reason to have the bag of plastic grocery bags under the sink. This was our parents preparing us for child-rearing duties, and we have forgotten their ways, San Francisco. I do everything that I can to avoid producing babies. I practice uh, personality-based contraception. That's where you guys are out there wasting money on condoms and pills. I meet a woman, and I'm just awkward. I, uh, I have been dating a woman recently, though. Uh, or I've been seeing a woman recently. I once saw a woman. Uh, it was at the BART station. And she was like, oh, excuse me, sir, which train do you think I should take? And I guessed. I don't know where she's trying to go. I just, you know, take that one. It's fine. And then she wasn't done talking to me. She was like, uh, are you a musician? Because I was wearing this guitar backpack thing, you know? But I was wearing this guitar backpack thing, you know? Which I would think would imply the answer to her question. And so I was like, yeah, I play guitar, but mostly it's a prop for the stand-up comedy that I do. And she was like, oh, you do stand-up comedy? Which I had just said. I was like, yeah, I try to do stand-up comedy, but sometimes it's not that great. What do you do? And she was like, oh, I'm a singer. I was like, how is that for you? She was like, I, you know, usually it's pretty okay, but tonight I had a rough show because nobody came. And I was like, that sounds like when I do stand-up comedy. <laughs> and then I was done with the conversation, and she was out of stupid questions. But you can't just be like, oh, hey, goodbye, because we're both still waiting for the train that isn't there yet. So the way that I chose to terminate this interaction was that I pulled out my phone and started playing Pokemon Go. She was not happy with that. She just stormed away and, like, wouldn't look at me anymore. But guys, it is Pidgeotto's before hose. That's what, that's what comedians live for is the wow from the sound guy. It's not actually about the laughter. I tell that story, and people are like, Kaiser, that woman was hitting on you. I know that. I just don't know how to use that information to help my life at all. Right? Like, even if we were to try to go out on a date. This one time I tried to go out on a date with a woman. I was like, hey, would you like to go out? She was like, sure. I was like, how about next Wednesday? She was like, I'll see you there. I went to the place on Wednesday. She wasn't there. I figured she ghosted me. That's a reasonable thing to do. Look at me. I went home. Next Wednesday, my phone blows up. She's mad. Why aren't you here? 
I'm like, I was at the place on Wednesday. She said, next Wednesday. I said, I went to the place on the next Wednesday after the conversation took place. I don't even talk anymore. I don't, I just send people Facebook invites. It's got a date on there. That was much easier now that there's Facebook invites. Back before Facebook, I would just hand people Unix timestamps. There you go. There's your 64-bit unsigned integer. I'll see you there. Nobody ever came. First time I told that joke, somebody got, took me aside afterwards. They were like, Kaiser, Kaiser, I think you stole that joke. That's, that's really similar to a Jerry Seinfeld bet from the TV show Seinfeld. Really? Jerry Seinfeld said 64-bit unsigned integer? I do not believe you. The best kinds of catangles is rectangles. I, I, I like them, and buildings are them. When the brick men were building the buildings, they had a lot of little rectangles, and they put them together, and they stacked them up. Now, there's this place where people can live, and they can work, and it's great. I leave my apartment rectangle. I walk on the sidewalk, made out of rectangles. I go to my work tangle. I ride the rectangular elevator up. I open a rectangular door. I sit down at my rectangular desk, press rectangular buttons on a rectangular keyboard. Make the rectangular lights on the rectangular screen change. When I do a good job, my boss gives me rectangles. I take the rectangles to the store. I exchange for various goods and services. Store people give me back change. I do not like change. Change is circle money. So I do what any of you would do. I take the circle money outside and I give it to the homeless. They're comfortable with it. Because that's what homelessness is. It's rectangle deficiency. Some people are upset at the number of homeless people that we have in San Francisco. I'm not. I embrace them, figuratively. I'm not going to do the rest of that joke. I walked an audience member. I tried that joke the other day at Delirium, and this dude just left. He was super mad at me. He told me I was two paychecks away. I feel bad. Dating is for women, men, my case. Sometimes it's whatever you're into. But when you try to date, like, for friend purposes, that's just hanging out. Right? I can't do that either. Cause what are we going to talk about? You sit down because you can't have opinions about stuff. Anytime you have an opinion about stuff, people are going to get angry. I'm reduced to like trying to figure out how to phrase what liquid are you an enthusiast of as a question, right? Like, do you like tequila or scotch or maybe? And it's always one of them. It's never ketchup. If you have 27 different bottles of whiskey on your countertop, you're a collector. If you have 27 types of mayonnaise in your fridge, you're probably a serial killer. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been my time. I've been Kaiser Lieb. That's Pam Benjamin. Clap for her. I feel rectangle deficient. Triangle man, triangle man, triangle man meets person man. They have a fight. Triangle wins, triangle man, triangle man. 
no they might be Giants fans I just keep dating myself like I might as well do I might as well do like a Bjork voice or something like who uh, no it's, I know no millennials don't know who Bjork is it's the only it's the only it's the only voice I can do what's it called an impression I'll bring up your next um, comedian while trying to your next comedian is a very nice man. He does filming for many things. He's very pretty. He's a very, very pretty man. He's not from Iceland, but he is, he is from Brazil, which is a different place. Different. We are going to like his comedy so much. Put your hands together. For Dan Aguinaga. Thank you, Pam. Was that what was that like a Asian accent or something? Bjork. Oh, that was Bjork. It was Bjork. Sounded like a really offensive Asian accent, <laughs> which are basically all Asian accents coming from white people, right? I've tried to do so many jokes with an Asian accent, just yeah, I I do not have that face to do it. Uh, fuck babies. Yeah. Fuck babies. Do you know why I fuck babies? Because they're the reason women say the word baby in bed. And I hate that. It always turns me off when I hear the word baby in bed. Like, how the fuck did that ever start? The last thing I want to hear about when I'm trying to make love to you and get off is like a baby. You know what I mean? That's so disgusting. That's like if I went out to like a nice restaurant with you and I was like, mm, diarrhea. Mmm. That's di- diarrhea. Mmm. So good. <sighs> diarrhea? Now, I think women moan in bed what they want out of a relationship, you know? So if a woman moans baby, she mean, that means she wants you to give her a baby. And if she moans fuck me, uh, that means she wants to move to Alabama. It's a thinker. It's a thinker. You'll get it, Kaiser. Uh, no, so uh, let's see. I'm married. Uh, I got married a few months ago, and I've never been on the dating apps, uh, but that's not going to stop me from telling dating app jokes. Uh, I, f- just, I just feel like there needs to be more in the world. Um, so you guys want to hear my, my not on a dating app dating app joke? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I've never been on the dating apps. I only know, uh, I wouldn't even know which one to join. You know what I mean? There's just so many. Like I know there's Tinder, uh, Bumble's one where the girl messages you for the dick pic. And, um, and then there's this one called Coffee Meets Bagel, which I'm assuming is for uh, black men who want to meet Jewish women. Is that not it? No? Sound guy liked it. Yeah. I've won. Uh, What else did I want to say? Yeah, dating apps. There's a dating app also. uh, Did you ever hear about this dating app where it's for guys who, or people who want to join the Mile High Club? It's specifically for that. Um, I had sex on an airplane once, but I don't think it counted as Mile High Club because we were taxiing. So I don't think that's like technically the same thing. it was good. Uh, I was actually thinking of asking her out, like asking for her number afterwards, like after the flight was over, but she um, was one of the pe- those people who would clap when the flight landed. I kind of made my dick shrivel a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 is, she might as well have said, I hate Jews. Like, that was just the weirdest. I, did, I don't understand why people do that, why they clap at the end of the flight. Like, I know why they do it. They do it because they're happy they survived, right? They're, they're happy to be alive. It's a very specific person that does it, I think. Like, they either do it all the time or none of the time. Like, do you think one of those people was ever the sole survivor of a plane crash? And then, like, after they regained consciousness, they just looked around and they're like. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! 
now? Now that would be insensitive, right? They would boo. Yeah, that would be the appropriate response, right? I think if you're allowed to clap after your flight successfully lands, you should be able to boo when your flight crashes, or at least during turbulence. You know what I mean? Just like, boo, this flight sucks. Get us a new pilot. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so offensive to the pilot, I think, when you clap for him. He's been doing this like, he's done this a thousand times. Why are you clapping? Like, that's like if I held a pep rally for the mailman. You know what I mean? Just like, woo, get on here with your cool shorts. No, it's just bills. Hmm. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. If I was the pilot and I heard people clapping, I'd be offended. I would look to my co-pilot and be like, the rest of the engines. These people want a show. We'll give them a show. You know, do some dipping and diving, you know? Do that thing that Denzel did in flight, right, where he goes upside down. Yeah, it's too far of a movie reference. Uh, yeah, clapping on the plane. I, it just... The, obviously the pilot can't hear you, which is why clapping on a plane is ridiculous to me. Usually for clapping to work, you need a recipient, right? Like, uh, like I never understood why people clapped in a movie theater after a movie was over. It's like, are we at the premiere? Like, I, did I miss something? Is like Chris Hemsworth in the audience? I don't even think the key grip is here. It's just so odd to me. Like, it's just so weird. You're clapping, a, a room of people are clapping for people who are scattered all over the earth, not in that room. Like, there's no point to clapping in the movie theater. It's like giving Stevie Wonder a thumbs up. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like mansplaining a feminist. Just, just, just stop. It's like praying to Jesus. It's, it's like calling your congressman. It's just, it's all those things. Just worthless, fruitless. Uh, let's see, I watch a lot of movies. Uh, I watched a really good movie recently. Uh, it's usually the movie I recommend to people when they ask for one. It's Call Me By Your Name. Are we familiar with this movie? Anyone? Call Me, yeah, some people are nodding. For those of you who don't know, Call Me By Your Name, it's a really good movie. It got totally gypped at the Oscars a few years ago. And it stars Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. And um, it's basically, how can I describe this? It's kind of like Brokeback Mountain. Uh, but imagine the mountains are Italian. That's pretty much it, yeah. No, I know that's an ignorant statement to make. It's a very blanket description. What I'm trying to convey, though, is that that's kind of the description that all straight men use to describe any movie with homosexual activity in it. It's always kind of like Brokeback Mountain, but this. You know, it works for all of them, actually. Yeah, like, uh, let's go through them. Like, uh, Philadelphia. Everyone remember Philadelphia from the 90s? Yeah, kind of like Brokeback Mountain, but, you know, Tom Hanks has AIDS. In Philadelphia, that's an important part of the of the story. Uh, let's see a more recent one, uh, like Moonlight, right? Kind of like Brokeback Mountain, but you know, urban. Yeah, <laughs> it works for uh, straight movies too, actually. Yeah, uh, like Love Actually, kind of like Brokeback Mountain, but you know, like a little gayer. Yeah, yeah, Love Actually, gay stuff in there. What else can we talk about? Let's see here. Uh, it's good to be here with you. I, I spent most of my day in my apartment masturbating, so it's good to be around people again. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I switched it up, though, in the pornosphere. I, I masturbated to, uh, for the first time, a uh, black man and a white woman. Yeah, black dick, white chick. It was a, I'm so woke, I know. Um, it was the first time, I always, I don't know why it took me so long to jerk off to a non-white dick. Always white dicks growing up. It's just because it was easier for me to imagine it's my dick, you know, at least color-wise. <laughs> um, 
and it was hot, you know? I found it very, I was very happy with it. It felt almost forbidden in a way because I hadn't, I'd never done it, you know? Even the girl in the video said it herself. She was like, I really shouldn't be doing this. And I was just like, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> yeah. Their, uh, their dirty talk is different too. You ever notice that when it's an interracial couple? Their dirty talk is always very race-driven. They always mention their skin color in their dirty talk. It's like, spank my tight white ass. Suck my big fat black cock. You never really hear that much. It's two white people having sex. You know? I've never been making love to my white wife and she's like, oh, Dan, do me with your medium ghost white cock. <laughs> yeah. I like Dirty Talk. I'm a big fan of Dirty Talk. I just, um, it's really hard to get out of Dirty Talk. Does anyone, anyone else have this issue? Like, there's such a sexual momentum involved with Dirty Talk, you know, that for me, the only way out of it is to, you know, bust the nut. But, and I feel like this is a problem only guys have. Like, women have no problem whatsoever, from my experience, toggling back between normal talk and Dirty Talk. Probably just because they're used to sex ending abruptly. But, um, no, like, I was dating this girl once, and she was really into the dirty talk, and we're going back and forth. She's saying some nasty shit to me. You know, she's like, I want to suck your fat cock. And I'd say something back like, yeah, it's not that fat. And uh, we'd be going back and forth. And then this still boggles my mind to this day. In the middle of everything, she just stops, opens her eyes, looks at me, and goes, oh, sweetie, I almost forgot to tell you. I got the promotion. <laughs> and I was happy for her and everything, but we were in the middle of dirty talk. So all I could muster up was, ooh, you're a successful little girl, aren't you? Yeah. And she could see it on my face. I was in dirty talk mode. She was like, honey, snap out of it. Seriously, like, I got promoted to VP. I was like, yeah, baby. You just got promoted to sucking this dick. <laughs> yeah, that relationship ended pretty fast after that one. Um, I went to Catholic school. Uh, didn't really take... Just too much sodomy. And um, there are a few things also I just could never wrap my head around. Like um, like uh, the whole thing that like God forgives everyone. They love to say that. God forgives everyone. Okay, then why the hell? Seriously, like if that's the truth, then why is there even a heaven and a hell? And then I thought about it some more. And I think, I think hell is for people that God is forgiven still sort of like rub him the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like just because you're a good person doesn't mean God wants to hang out with you for the whole, like rest of eternity. Like I get that. Like he'll grant you access into heaven if you like cheated on your wife. Like he'll forgive you for that and let you up. But if you like cheated on your wife and wore a fedora, you know, like that's, that's hard to, I could just see those faces of those innocent people in the lines at the pearly gates, you know? Some guy's like, uh, God, what's taking so long? I was in the Peace Corps. Do you remember I was working with orphans in Uganda? And uh, God's just there holding a clipboard like some Persian nightclub douche being like, yeah, no, I, I see it here, but uh, it says here also on your flight to Uganda, uh, at the end of the flight, you, um, you clapped. <laughs> All right, that's it for me, guys. Thanks a lot. Yay! Very intimate set. I'm glad you ended on God. That was nice. Uh, I actually, I used to be a cheerleader for God. There is only one God. Andy is the sun God. Ra! 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 That was a cute transition. Um,
I, I want to give you time now because it looks like you're doing your taxes. Did you get like an extension on your taxes and you brought them? Are you, Marty's behind you, he's an accountant. He might be able to help you. No, no, he shakes his, he's like, do, 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 do. Yeah, I used, to, I used this little thing on the internet. It was really easy this year. Anyway, um, yay, Marty, do you want to, uh, he's wearing his warrior's, uh, thing and I, I have to tell you last night I was so sad saddened by that game if anybody didn't I'm not spoiling it but the, the Warriors lost game one against the Raptors no one else cares I'm like I'm like fuck comedy for the next two weeks I'm watching the Warriors um, cool your next comedian um, he's super funny we just got the opportunity to do a show together last week he runs F-Bomb Comedy has shows every Wednesday at La Ro- no the Kyle Hollow the Rock is Wednesday. I try to remember things and stuff. Put your hands together, everybody, for Marty Cunny. Yay! All right, guys. Uh, go Warriors. Yay. Um, go me. I just turned 30 this year. The 30s cool, although people say a lot of dumb things when you turn 30. Like, don't you feel like you got to get your shit together? That's a really subtle way of saying, hey, it seems like you don't have your shit together quite yet. Thanks a lot, asshole. But I'm not too worried. I was talking to my older brother the other night. He's the one with his shit together in the family. I asked him what time it was. He checked his watch, and he spilled his beer on his son. So not so worried. I don't have an IPA-flavored baby running around. Um, what else, guys? Oh, uh, I was at a bar the other night, and a girl came up to me. Hold your applause. And... Um, she came up to me and she said, hey, I saw you on Tinder. I was like, cool, I guess rejecting me in private wasn't enough. Uh, <laughs> you had to come up and do it to my fucking face. What the fuck is... I thought that was the whole point of this app, was to avoid this interaction, you know? Like, she was sitting at home, swiping through people. She saw me, swipe left, and was like, wait, no. He needs to know. Like... <laughs> There's a social contract here. It's in the terms and conditions. You do not approach people in real life about the results of your tender search, right? Because otherwise, like, I had to be, fire back at her. I was like, listen, bitch, you just broke the rules. I saw you on Tinder, too. See, we don't do that. That's a weird thing to do to people, right? We live in a society. Um, I like to travel. Uh, in fact, I just flew back from Columbia, and boy, is my nose tired. Hey. Seriously, I have a problem. Um... Don't clap, all right? Don't encourage me. I, uh, I did what I do, I'm doing what a lot of people do when they say they're going to stop smoking cigarettes. They say, I'm going to stop buying cigarettes, right? Uh, you know, kind of slow the consumption a little bit. I said, I'm going to stop buying cocaine, right? Good plan. Backfired a little bit. Sucking a lot more dick for cocaine these days. Uh, oops-a-daisy, you know? But at least, you know... My dealer's happy, you know? Someone's getting ahead. Am I right? Hey, guys. It's Friday night. Drugs and puns. That's what Mutiny's all about, right? I, um, I do... Uh, oh, has anyone here taken their ancestry test yet? One of those, like, DNA tests? You took yours? What'd yours say? White? Yeah, a lot of white? Yeah. All white. Yeah, you don't look like you got a inkling of African ancestry in you. Like, you're not even from the continent of Africa. Like, you spawned out of the iceways of Nordic countries or something like that. Uh, I was a little bit surprised by mine. I got, uh, I thought I was going to get like 75% Irish, 25% Italian. Turns out I'm a hundred percent gay, uh, 
or at least, well, the, the, the test's results are not, are, you know, inconclusive, really, because it could be that I'm gay or one of the five guys whose DNA they found on my mouth swab is gay. Uh, <laughs> could be any of them, really. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of cocaine recently. And uh, uh, at least one of them has sickle cell. I think it might be Maurice. Uh, <laughs> I have to tell him, break the news. Uh <laughs> What else, guys? Uh, anyone here use the Citizen app? Anyone here familiar with the Citizen app? Um, it's a newer app. Uh, how do I describe it? It alerts you in real time to crimes being reported in your area. Like, it'll tell you the cross streets of a crime happening in real time. Because, uh, you know, this city uh, felt a little too safe, you know? Uh, <laughs> if you... Whoever felt a little too comfortable here, now they have an app that tells you just how far away you are from crime, which is really, who is this for exactly? It's like, oh, you're a paranoid schizophrenic? Like, don't worry. All your fears are validated. All right? Here, here you go. Um, I don't know. And some of them, sometimes people can actually, on the app, do a live recording of the crime in progress. So you can just watch crime happen in your area. It's bonkers. It's like World Star Hip Hop beats Amber Alert. I don't know who <laughs> thought this was a good idea, how they're making money off of it. I have no idea. Uh, speaking of Amber Alert, not a great transition, I know, but this is, um, trust me, this is a happy ending. Uh, are we all, we all live in the city here? Are we all San Francisco folk? Yeah. Um, did you guys get an Amber Alert about three weeks ago on a Saturday night? Uh, yeah. Do you guys anyone remember it? It was for a Mercedes. Uh, what should have been the first red flag? There's never an Amber Alert in a Mercedes, right? Uh, no one, the, you kidnap kids in a 2001 Toyota Corolla, and that's the only car you kidnap children in. I think we can all agree on that, right? Uh, so what happened was uh, this guy called in an Amber Alert because someone stole his car and he wanted it found quicker. No. <laughs> true story, 100% true story. And I saw that. I. I I saw that because I remember getting the Amber Alert and then see, I saw the news story and I was like, that is despicable. That's like so. Did it work? Uh, <laughs> is this? Uh, and it did, guys. And they found the car two hours later. Let's face it. That's the most effective way to find a stolen car in the Bay Area is just tell them there was a child inside of it. Right. Uh <laughs> And I, I, yeah, I was like mad. I was like, what? Now I have this in my back pocket. If I ever want to go nuclear on some motherfucker who steals my car, it's like, oh, I got an option, you know? Did it, so you, you remember getting the Amber Alert, Kaiser? What did you do when you got the Amber Alert? Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. That's right. What are we supposed to do when we get an Amber Alert? I'm not wearing like a crime fighting uniform under this outfit, you know? I'm not. Well, this isn't my bat signal. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information. Like, go to the roof and pull out my binoculars and start looking for this guy? Like, I don't know what the plan is. But I bet, you know, who didn't ignore that uh, Amber Alert was the guy who stole the car. Because <laughs> I bet he just got that and he was like, oh, fuck. Can you imagine that? Because that's two things happens right there. One, he realizes everybody's looking for him, right? He just became citizen number one. Number, uh, number two, there's supposed to be a kid in that car. <laughs> he has no idea what happened to that child. Right? <laughs> it's like, fuck, did I leave him on the roof or something? Or is he in the trunk? Are these people more fucked up than me? Like, what's going on here? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a rough one, right? Um, I do. I did like traveling. Um, 
I traveling show that I just have this unwarranted level of confidence in myself. Uh, the third day of traveling, uh, this is going to get graphic, but I was starting to shit blood and, um, probably because I was only drinking alcohol for about three days straight. And, uh, that's what you do. It's the travel diet. And rather than uh, go and maybe find a doctor to try to, you know, fix this problem, I went to go uh, look for a salon to get my back shaved because I thought, oh, the heat is the, what's doing it. It's probably the heat, not the alcoholism. It's probably the heat that's doing this. Uh, so that was an adventure in itself, trying to find a, trying to translate, uh, could you please shave my back into Spanish? Uh, it just breaks Google Translate, I swear to God. that No one understood what I was asking for. Uh, what I did end up doing was buying a lot, continuing to ignore the problem. Um, my my solution was to buy a bunch of off-brand Spanish Metamucil. Uh, I wish I remember the name of it. I'm going to say it's Metamucilo, uh, because that seems right. Um the problem was I was going from Colombia to Panama and I had it in like a plastic bag and I realized I was just about to cross the most trafficked border in the world with a bag of powder uh, and would have to explain that in broken Spanish that no, 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 no drogas, I'm shitting blood. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how that was going to go down. Uh uh, fortunately, I I, I I don't know that that's just a weird story. I'm I'm wrapping my head around. Um, hey, speaking of drugs, uh, we any ketamine fans in the house? Anyone here like ketamine? We got one or two. Uh, I had a friend. I was uh, doing ketamine the other night, and my friend asked me like, "So what's ketamine like?" And I told him I was like, "Well, actually, uh, it's a horse tranquilizer." Uh, and uh, I, well, that's not actually what I said. What I did was fall over and start drooling. I think that. <laughs> Explained it sufficiently, right? Um, for those of you who don't know, ketamine is a uh, it's a disassociative. It's a hallucinogenic. If you ever thinking to yourself, uh, "Hey, this cocaine wasn't making me freak out enough," have I got the drug for you? Uh, it's really something special, um, and it's great because it's a hallucinogen that only lasts about half an hour. You know, like I'm a grown up. I can't be doing shrooms and acid all the time. I got shit to do on the Sundays, but. You know, I don't want to go on like a full date with Mother Earth. I just want to give her a call every once in a while. You know, check in, see how she's doing. Uh, guys, uh, what else can I say that's funny? Um, I got some new roommates. I, uh, I'm living with three girls now, which is kind of wild. Um, thank you, Pam. Uh, <laughs> and it's good. I, at first, I was worried because I've only ever lived with like a lot of guys, but we're getting along great. Uh until I found out that uh, when women live together, their menstrual cycles will sync up. Um, and if anybody's heard of this, some people call it the moon cycle, uh, which is weird because I, I did not know that the moon can eat three pints of ice cream in one night. I did not know that was a thing the moon can do. Uh, I don't know that the moon will yell at you for walking too loud in your own apartment. <laughs> it's like the fucking minotaur in here. Would you shut the fuck up? It's like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. Uh, and I was worried cause I was like, you know, we were getting along so well, they're going to sync up. I'm going to be left out. You know, I'm going to be the odd man out. It's going to be weird. Uh, but you know, luckily that time of the month rolled around my hemorrhoids started acting up. So <laughs> I'm a true feminist guys. I bleed too. That's right. Just really hoping one of them does get pregnant. So I got to get a kidney stone or something. You know, that's what I'm looking to avoid. That's my time. Thanks a lot for hanging out guys.
Connie, everyone. Yay! What did I what did I learn from from a child? If you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. Yeah. Yes, from the mouths of babes. Isn't it? It's genius, right? Yeah, pretty genius. You don't, you don't eat those boogers. Smoke them. Yay! Do you um just here? Do you are you ready? You feel good? You don't have a thing? You whatever. Do you guys want a Rosham for it? You don't care? You want to eye each other? You want to... No, I really don't. Okay, me neither. Neither of you care. You go. Okay, here we go. Oh, that good. I can go. We just... Thank you, Jonathan. Jonathan's going to skateboard hockey. Don't get hurt. Wear your gloves. Please don't get hurt. Every week, he comes back. Every week, he comes home, and he's like... And I'm like, no sympathy. You, you're playing skateboard hockey. Like, you're 34 years old. What do you think's going to happen? You're going to get hurt every week. No sympathy. Your next comedian, he's super funny. He actually, like, every, I see him every once in a while because he's got, like, these new comedians in tow. He, like, teaches these cool classes and teaches people, like, on a one-on-one basis how to sort of navigate through the sticky world of... Uh, San Francisco open mics but he's a really funny guy you guys are gonna love him put your hands together for Jesse Fernandez hey uh, I'm a little distracted have you guys ever stood at the urinal for like a whole minute and uh, and and you still can't come and then people are like that's a drinking fountain get away from it and then you're like Oh, it looks like the PC police are here. And then they're like, actually, that's the real police. And then you're like, well, I thought it was a I thought it was a urinal. And they're like, well, that explains very little. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is everyone reacts to mushrooms differently. Uh <laughs> that's good. This is good times. Um I I went I I had to pee I went I uh, went down this I went to the bar down the street to do it because because um, Marty uh, <laughs> this is being podcasted around the world uh, it's you can so tell I was talking I was uh, I was talking to uh, Drew about this um, you could tell that you went to Burning Man pretty recently because <laughs> because. Uh, not only was the door not locked, but it wasn't like closed all the way. <laughs> and so when I go to open the door, uh, Marty's just like, hello, <laughs> just sitting there on the toilet. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and then later he said the smell went away, but it hadn't. So I went down the street and I used the bathroom of the bar. Um, there are matches? Well, that's not on me. I'm not going to fucking hazmat in there <laughs> to find the matches. <laughs> I hear it's better now anyway. Whatever it was that was floating in the air has since lowered and has, you know, added a very thin imperceptible layer on all of the horizontal surfaces. And I <laughs> wouldn't touch anything. Uh <laughs> I mean, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. Anywhere that somebody uh, shits or farts, like eventually, it's gonna it's gonna land on the nearby horizontal surfaces. Like this place is just f- like full of now horizontal farts. Like that's just 
This this is a really good riff. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, let's talk about this. Okay, I saw a a Pete's um, that. Uh, well, actually, it started as a Starbucks and then it closed down and then it reopened as a Pete's. Um, I think that's a cocky move. You know, to see the Starbucks close down and then be like, well, they fucking suck. You know what we're going to try? The exact same business model. Let's do it. That's like if you were getting a heart surgery and then the surgeon's like, I'm just going to put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> I love San Francisco. A lot of disruptors, a lot of inventors, a lot of inventions. Did you know San Francisco is where the morning run was invented as a thing? Here is where somebody finally invented a way to combine two terrible things to make both worse. I love that. I say, why stop there? There are so many things that you could combine to amplify their badness, like overdraft fee, jicama. <laughs> or traffic jam, surprise diarrhea, <laughs> or getting pantsed in high school in front of the bleachers full of people during a soccer game and they accidentally take your underwear down too and so the entire school knows what your penis looks like. Sunburn. <laughs> Those things. I love the the bold inventions, morning run. I love the new ones, morning wood. Um, the well, that's not that's not a new one. That's an old one. I'm a little bit stoned. Uh, thank you for the pot uh, as payment. You were really trying to guarantee this was a loose show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so all right. So do you guys know the Folgers coffee jingle from about two decades ago? Yeah, the best part of waking up. Yeah, and if you've ever tasted Folgers, then you know that jingle means Folgers thinks your life sucks. <laughs> it's almost like they originally had a longer, more on-the-nose jingle that went like, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Life is hell. <laughs> I'm not against that format for a jingle. I just wish that it was more like specific to certain aspects of life rather than life as a whole, you know? Like college. The best part of a journalism degree is a 10% discount working at the Gap. <laughs> or porta potty. Uh, the best part of a porta potty. No, or the bathroom right after uh, Marty used it. <laughs> The best part of that bathroom right after Marty used it is you can almost hold your breath long enough. <laughs> or living in San Francisco, the best part of having your car broken into seven times in a single year is at least there's a milkshake place next to the glass repair place. <laughs> That's true. Has any who who has the, has had their car broken into more than once in a year, more than twice? How many times? Five or six times. Five or six times? Damn, dude. Welcome to the club. You're officially in San Francisco. How many times for you? 
Three times, that's pretty good. You're on your way. You guys, when you get to like these different ass like uh, times that it's been broken into, three still a bummer. Five times you're just like, eh, it's October. Uh, <laughs> but like when you get to like seven times, like the first time, yes, it is a huge major bummer. You're like, fuck, what the? F-? You know, you go through the stages of grief, depression, hungry. I don't know them, but you go through them. <laughs> But by like time number four, you're like, well, there's a milkshake place next to the glass repair place. By time number seven, you're like, it's milkshake day, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I am now going for the high score. I will take steps specifically to get my car broken into in San Francisco. Step one, park outside. Step two, you guessed it, no step two. That's (laughs) it. That is all you need. And it turns out, like, you don't get bummed about it after a while. Because what I learned from having my car broken into seven times in a single year is that they can take my stuff replaceable. They can take my sense of security irreplaceable, but I don't need it. They can take my feeling of privacy. Wasn't using it. But the one thing that they have never been able to take from me, apparently... Is my bare naked lady CD. <laughs> that has been in the car the whole time. Never, it's been like out. I've left it on the seat sometimes. They're just like, nah, I'll take this nickel over here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. It's good music. Just criminals have bad taste in music, I guess. I just don't want. You guys disagree? Come on. Bare naked ladies? They have so many hit. Uh, <laughs> it's been. <laughs> about a week since my car's been broken into. <laughs> this is fun. I'm a positive guy. I'm like a Mormon without the religion. Um, now, uh, I'm like the kind of guy who when we're on an airplane and there's really bad turbulence and like everyone's pretty sure we're going to die, you know, I'll be the guy who's like leaning over to my terrified neighbor going like, we're both on airplane mode. We can't be blamed for this. <laughs> Sometimes I will need like a reminder to, to be positive, you know, like I was at Denny's, uh, and, uh, I would complain to my friend that my soda was flat. And right then the, the waiter walked by and he was like, yeah, this is Denny's. Thank you, waiter. I tipped that man $20. I can't tell if that joke wasn't good or, uh, you know, if it were here, uh, <laughs> Um, okay, but I don't know. I, I feel pretty good about that. How much time are we? Are we is there like a light or? I got a minute left. Okay, damn. My internal clock's pretty good. It's like you know ninety percent. It's a ten minute set. Ninety percent accurate. Are there some math people here? Does that check out? Cool. Right on. Uh, American public school. You know. Did you go to school in Brazil? No, I was born and raised in New York. New York. Yeah. You don't have like a. a Brazilian accent. Why did the Brazilian thing come up? Do you have a bit about it? Is that why she knows that and associates that with you? And okay, Pam just knows. That's okay. Tight, 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 tight. So how much time now? Ten seconds. This is going great. All right, thank you guys very much. Loose, loose, loose. Yay! I know. I've been. I ate. I ate a whole. I ate one. I ate. 
to the edibles. So I'm like, I'm like, what would it do? <laughs> Feels good. Uh, and I'll have to give you yours back there. I, I made them like little seas candies. I'm really fucking proud of them. Anyways, I like cooking weed food. It's like a thing I like to do. Uh, hey, your next comedian is super awesome. She runs an awesome show called The Laugh Carafe uh, once a month at uh, a bar on Polk Street called El Lobo. Low po, but there's a little wolf on it, and I guess it means like it's some, but it's a cute little wine bar, and it's great. And there was a really stacked show last week. I was so lucky to be a part of it. Put your hands together right now for Natalie Fauzi. Yay! I'm copying Marty with the chair, just not the poop smell. Uh, <laughs> you guys, I, uh, I'm looking for a job. Uh, I went in to uh, pitch a sale at this company called um, Cumming Corporation. Not kidding you. Uh, Their tagline was building volume with endurance. Yeah, I rushed to the appointment, but nevertheless, I came too early for them. I had a chance to warm up again in a nice waiting room, but the air was too cold and dry. Uh, So uh, I kept waiting for the big boss to come, but he never came. Luckily, his assistant made it up to me when he reimbursed me by direct deposit. Just working on that. Uh, So you guys are going to work on some fun stuff. Uh, I I recently went to the therapist, and uh, therapy being mental therapy, not physical therapy, but I guess you could argue both. I went to the therapist, and uh, she diagnosed me with an empty nest syndrome. Yeah, I uh, I put my eggs on consignment, my frozen eggs, and uh, yeah, I didn't have babies, but I I'm still you know struggling with the fact that I basically built a never-ending obligation, my debt so to pay to keep these frozen every month, uh, and not only that, I'm making an investment in a legacy that I would never gonna know is gonna actually make me proud. So it's just like having kids that left the house. It really is. It's pretty much the same thing. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with them at this point. It's like I keep paying for them, and then like I, eventually, am I supposed to just throw them away? Like I just keep paying for them endlessly, and I think, well, I can't. There's like half Natalie's. I'm just going to put them in the gar, like call them up and be like, yeah, okay, I'm done with them. You can you can put them away now. It's a hard thing to swallow. And I think, okay, well, what if I keep doing? Uh, what if I keep doing this, and I become rich and famous one day? Are they going to be worth something? Like, like I was just thinking, like if Michael Jackson's sperm were like still on ice somewhere, don't you think that would be like a really big deal? It would be like you know they, they would be like endlessly searching for who is going to be the mom that has Michael Jackson's baby in a hundred years, right? It would be like, you know, instead of like, uh, I was thinking about this, like, this is like sort of not the immaculate conception, but like the cumless conception. <laughs> Who would be the cumless conception mother, the mother by cumless conception of Michael Jackson's future child? And how, how serious would that be to find Mother Jackson you know, a century later, that'd be kind of a big deal. It would be like more important, like the, the, you know, have you guys ever seen the movie Mission Impossible? You know, it's like for like some million dollar piece of jewelry. Just imagine like, you'd have to have these sperm like on lockdown and they'd totally have a movie. Like, 
I don't know, like quests unfertilized or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> this is not hidden. This is all brand new shit, and everybody's looking at me like, yeah, it's really brand new. You should go home and keep working on this, Natalie. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I've been I've been trying to. Th- this keeps going in and out. I've been trying to think about like, well, I mean, if David Bowie had his sperm on ice, or who else is dead? That's totally like uh, Marilyn Monroe's eggs were on ice right now. Like people would be in line. Like I will have that baby. Think about it. This would be a really, we are putting our DNA, someone said Ancestry.com, I think it was Marnie, we're putting our DNA into the computers now, and it's pretty scary. Mother Nature's been trying to tell us that there's too many of us. She's been trying to like get us off her, like ants being, we're totally annoying her, right? But we keep finding all these ways to keep extending our lives with freezing our body parts, and she's done with us. Uh, And I was thinking, you know, this problem with the cigarette butts killing fish, I just don't understand. We keep trying to solve that by trying to get people to quit smoking. I just think we should solve that more like how a woman would solve it, like with manipulation. I mean, they're going to do it anyway. So if if the cigarette butts hurt the fish, why not make the cigarette butts out of fish food? It's like still going to be there and just like, you know, be one of those cities that just be like, we made fish foods and we've saved the world, fish food, cigarette butts. I mean, they actually make them out of hemp. It's actually true. So now, like then when we eat it in our food, it would be kind of like actually good for us, right? Manipulation. That's we women have been doing this shit all our lives. I don't understand why everybody's trying to change people. Just get them to change without knowing they're changing. (laughs) <laughs> that's the whole way uh, but I mean then it makes me think how mother nature keeps bringing in all these major disasters right and uh, and then I think oh my god you know uh, people ask you the question what would you want for your last meal and I mean I'm never gonna be in prison let's just face it I'm not gonna be on death row I mean that would be highly unlikely unless maybe I was trying to have Michael Jackson's sperm mixed in with my eggs and I like became you know the actor in that movie that doesn't exist. I think I'm never going to prison. So what would my last meal be? Uh, it's not going to be food. I just want like three dicks. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to die, right? So it's like I don't have time for any of the guilt and then getting in the shower and scrubbing myself. I'm so dirty. I'm so dirty. I don't have to deal with any of the guilt. No time for the symptoms to kick in. It's the perfect time to get your porn dream of your lives. Why do people pick, pick food? Pick an orgy. But it'd have to be the right, the right warning, right? I mean, obviously, like, the reason why the whole prison thing happens is because they say, you know, you know you're going to die. But in this case, like, when would you really have time to have this orgy? Like, not on a plane crash because nobody has time to pull their dicks out. That's not going to happen. Uh, you can't do it like on a crash on Everest because everybody's penises are trapped inside their body because they're so cold. Um, so I was thinking, okay, like the perfect disaster would be like Titanic. Like you'd have time to be able to go in, pick the right people, you know, pick the perfect like porn star people, make settle on it. And you could even film it and hope it gets found. All right, that would be the perfect last meal. Would you want food? Uh, no. No, he's like, no, I've changed my mind. I want to be rammed in the ass by, you know, your, your, your deepest dream. You don't have to tell me what it is. Uh, but yeah, I was just been thinking about this last meal thing quite a bit. Uh, let's see how much more time do I have. I'm playing with a bunch of new stuff, and I'm feeling like you guys don't like any of it. So uh, what? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, anyway, I, uh, I was thinking also about the fact that, um, I, I get, I have, I have, uh, I have lost some weight recently and, uh, and so through that weight loss, I've been reminded of how many times, you know, so have you been ever been heavy a little bit? Have you ever been skinny? back and forth back and it's funny because single single people who are like in their 20s I've never understood why it's so hard to lose weight because back then like whenever I wanted to lose weight I would just go out and find a bigger asshole to date than I dated before that (laughs) and then uh, when you know he basically gave up on me trying to save him and dumped me uh voila I'd lose like 15 pounds instantly it'd be great because I'd be like totally upset and like on a bad diet and then all of a sudden I'd be floating around with a nice little thigh gap and I'd walk into a room for women and I'd get all these dirty looks and I felt like the capsule in a bottle full of pills uh, and then of course I would tell these girls you know because I don't want them to like resent me for my beautiful thigh gap so I'd have to tell them how I got the thigh gap and hoping like I could redeem myself like they would sort of forgive myself it's like yeah I was like, dating this guy and you know it turned out that he was like cheating on me he was, he was cheating on me with hookers true story cheating on me with hookers and, and it was just like no way I could just I couldn't I was on antidepressants and, and my diet was basically like cosmos and, and string cheese and they're like, well, at least you got the thigh gap. <laughs> You're right. I got the thigh gap, bitch. That's right. So is it okay now? Yeah. <laughs> they're all, we don't, still don't forgive you, base. But girls are just like that, right? Too petty. They don't really like, they resent, they resent the, the thigh gap issue. And, uh, and it's true. I did find uh, my ex-boyfriend's uh, hooker reviews online. Uh, and so that did spin me into uh, Cosmos, string cheese, and I became like a major investigator and I learned so much about this lifestyle. And I'll leave you with a, a couple of acronyms that I learned. I, first of all, I never knew that men left reviews when they slept with hookers. They actually wrote rate the women. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is like Yelp for hookers. Like, and it's anonymous and so they should just call it incognito.com. I just thought maybe they should call it City Whore Share. That was a that was that's how long ago this was. Uh, and uh, anyway, so everything they sold these girls, they sold in acronyms. And so I had to look everything up because I had totally no clue about any of this. Uh, and the first one I came by was a CBJ. It's a covered blowjob. And I thought, oh, so Aflac has a policy on this. And if you're not happy, you get an RIM job instead. No, no, Natalie, that's a, a blowjob with a condom on. I'm like, that. you pay for that? That doesn't seem like a very good value. That's like taking a honeymoon in Cleveland. This doesn't make any sense. And then the next one I saw was a GFE. So it's like, oh, gonorrhea for everyone? Yeah, no, that's a girlfriend experience. And I was like, I had no idea that accepting that that coach purse made me the hooker experience. I was the hooker experience. Oh, but what is it like anyway? You show up and she's like, where have you been? The, do these track marks make me look fat? <laughs> I double book sushi with my mother. I'm just going to have to give you a hand job in the car. You're, s- you're so high maintenance. All right, you guys.
I will uh, I will just tell you a couple hints to know that your boyfriend is into hookers. Uh, well, the number one, the best gift, the best one is that for every holiday, he always gives you the same gift, cash in a white envelope marked gift. <laughs> and, uh, and every hotel you go into, they seem to know his name, Mr. Hardwood. Uh, and, and lastly, uh, he keeps looking at his watch. It's pretty simple. Yeah, if he keeps looking at his watch, pretty much thinks he's being charged. All right, you guys, thank you. I'm Natalie Fauzi. legalized women's work and women could actually get paid to have sex with men and it wasn't a dirty weird gross thing it'd be awesome yay because it's real work it is i'm sorry i'm into legalizing sex sex work right now i think it's really important because um just one of those ways you know they call it the oldest profession yet women aren't really paid for it (laughs) i can't get a w2 when you're sucking dick all right you ready for your headliner he's so funny we're so lucky to have him yeah, we are. Anyway, he's a really funny guy. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Drew Harmon. Oh, let me just put this over here with our satanic totem. Hail Satan. Yes. God, let's recite the chant. God bless Satan. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Let me just feel this energy in this room, man. Let me just ride it. Let me just ride it like Patrick Swayze at the end of Point Break, right? Like the hundred year storm. We're in it. Oh, it's good to be here. Uh, a lot of weird bands came up tonight they might be giants i uh, i saw them at the fillmore fucking awesome bare naked ladies i have seen them live twice not because i wanted to my my wife very into the bare naked ladies they're not like you can't you can't call, talk about them like positively and say they're a good band so you have to do that thing where like they were pretty good i'm not a fan but man they, they put on a show they put on a show when they kick into one week yeah good times the, the craziest the craziest turnaround I've ever had from a live performance, I was in Vegas with my parents when I was like 22, and we were drunk as a family. We're all just drunk, just super drunk, and we were walking past. It was before Siegfried and Roy, before the Tiger thing happened, and we're walking past the theater that they were in, and my dad sees it, and the show's starting in like 30 minutes. He's like, dudes, we should go in. This will be fucking hilarious. Like, we're all drunk. Like, yeah, this will be awesome. Let's go in and see this. We're going to laugh so hard. The only tickets that were left were front row. So my dad, we, we, he'd won some money, so he bought them. So there's four of us, and you got a bottle of champagne. For every two tickets, you got a bottle of champagne. So we're sitting up front. We're drinking champagne. The show's about to start, and we're like, this is going to be so fucking funny. Siegfried and Roy came out. 10 minutes in, we're all like, this is the most amazing show I have ever seen. <laughs> it was like, the tiger was over there, now it's over there. They're like, oh my God, like we walked out of there still blind drunk. Like they are the masters of the stage. I have never seen people who can purvey the way, oh, it was fucking amazing. That was a, it was a good time. I, uh, I just hit a milestone. I uh, just hit a birthday. I just turned 24. Uh, one more year, I get to rent a car. That's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, I turned 40. Uh, that's the actual age I turn. Yeah, 40. 
no one likes to talk about 40. That's not a fun age, especially like if you tell someone in their 20s, you just turned 40, they react like you're telling them you have HIV. It's the same. <laughs> it is the same reaction. They say the same stuff like, oh, but you look so good considering you look so good. Uh, it's not it's not a death sentence anymore. No, you've got so much time left. <laughs> I, uh, turning 40 though, I, I, I don't mind it. Like you get, you do gain some wisdom over time. I like that. Uh, like I have learned that some shit will just never go away, that you're always going to be the same person, no matter what you try and do. Like, uh, in my high school, when I was a sophomore, there was a kid who he decided to sneak off to the furthest away bathroom in our high school at lunch. And he just needed to release some pressure. He just was going to jack off in a stall and he did it. And he got caught by another guy in our class. And for the rest of high school, he was jack-off guy. The rest of high school, every time. The day he graduated, was like, see, we, someone patted him on the back, like, way to go, jack-off guy. And he vanished into the ether. And we did not see him for years and years. And like, whatever happened to, to jack-off guy? Like, I have no fucking clue, no idea what happened to him. Our 20th reunion happened uh, a year and a half ago. He showed up. He came. And he showed up. He is a lawyer now, a successful lawyer in Miami. He looks amazing. He looks amazing, super fit. He's got a beautiful wife. He That dude showed up. He is rich, successful, looks great, is a lawyer. And within three minutes of him being there, like, hey, you remember that time you jacked off in the, at school? Within three minutes, he was gone. Like He was like, oh, it just never changes. And that's a valuable lesson to learn about life. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's an applause break at mutiny. One person, good times. I uh, uh, participation trophies get talked about a lot, uh, like how it ruined millennials, how millennials have been ruined because they all got participation trophies for every little thing. And I got to tell you, I have mixed feelings about it, mostly because my parents owned a trophy store. That's <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. Because yeah, I I we get we sold a lot of participation trophies to help people's feelings, but also that shit bought me a Sega, and uh, otherwise I wasn't playing Sonic the Hedgehog just selling to winners. You cannot make your bottom line just selling to winners. So that was uh, was good, and I knew they were lame when I was a kid. My dad would tell me he was paying the mortgage with participation trophies. He'd make me help him put them together, and he would tell me they were stupid. We'd be doing it. And he's like, son, never keep a participation trophy. Never, ever do it. I'm like, okay, dad. He said, a man, like, if you get a participation trophy, son, means you need to work harder. Throw that shit away. Get back to work. I'm like, okay, thanks, dad. And then all of a sudden he's like, son, a man who keeps a participation trophy will never make a woman come. And I'm like, dad, I'm nine. What are we talking about? I do not know what we are talking about. I, uh, I, I try, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, and I try to pretend I didn't grow up with white trash. Like I've never done the DNA ancestry.com thing, mostly because like I asked my mom about our family history once. She's like, I don't really know. We had a serial killer in the family. I'm like, oh great. That's, <laughs> that's like, they do is we, uh, like H H Holmes, uh, that guy, the, the devil in the white city. Yeah, that's. God bless him, right? <laughs> what a great dude, putting in the work. <laughs> and the, yeah, like uh, his real name was Herman Webster Mudgett. My middle name is Mudgett. The, he was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It was, so like, I never really cared about our family history. And, 
and I try to ignore that I grew up with white trash. And then I realized at one point when I was a kid, when I was 12, I was hustling pool with my grandfather, but I didn't know we were hustling pool. I had no idea what was happening. My grandfather, like one summer I was 12, told my mom, I'm going to give the kid a summer job. And my mom thought I was going to be cleaning out the garage or doing yard work or some shit. Instead, all my grandfather wanted to do was uh, play pool. They had a pool table in their house and he wanted to uh, watch the Jeffrey Dahmer trial on court TV. Yeah, and it was like, so it's just shooting pool and uh, and hearing uh, the testimony of a man who lured other men in for sex, then murdered them, had sex with a body, and ate the body. And I got to tell you, to this day, best job I've ever had. Still the best job I've ever had. It was fantastic. Uh, but then the trial gets over. It's like July, and my grandfather's like, let's go play pool in other places. Let's go try some other pool tables. I'm like, cool. That's, that sounds like fun, Grandpa. I'm 12. I trust you. You're the adult. And so we drive out in the middle of nowhere to these pool halls in rural Michigan and play pool against the kind of person who hangs out in a pool hall in rural Michigan on a Tuesday or a Wednesday afternoon. Imagine if you could take a ZZ Top t-shirt, cut the sleeves off, have it come to life, and it starts smoking meth. That's who, <laughs> that is who is hanging out of these pool halls. And we're going in, and the first one we're driving into, my grandfather said, here's how you play pool in a pool hall, kid. The first game, don't play very good. Hold it back. You don't want to win. The first game, you want to lose. Second game, play as good as you can. And I trusted him. He's like, I trust you, Grandpa. Cool. Let's do this. We go in, and I followed his rules. And I, we would play really bad the first game, and then we'd win the second game every fucking time. And then people would get angry at us, and they would yell at me. These are like big burly dudes who look like bikers would yell at me. I didn't know why. Then the last game we ever played, we're playing against these dudes, two biker dudes, and I win. I sink the last game, uh, the last ball, and I'm really excited. And the guy takes his pool stick and breaks it over the, over the pool table like an old movie in the 50s. And he looks at my grandfather and I and says, you better run, you goddamn sons of bitches. And my grandfather looked at me in all his wisdom and said, run. <laughs> and we ran off to the, ran outside to the, to his truck and we sped away. And my grandfather said it, uh, he'd said it before, but he said it, I could tell he really, really meant it. He was like, kid, you can never tell your mom about any of this. And I, I followed his rule. I never told anyone any of that stuff about all the games we played. And then like fast forward a few years, I still have no idea. I just thought it was our fun summer. I thought that was how jobs were for a few years. And then I got another job and they're like, no, you're not play watching fucking serial killers and playing pool. No, like go boxes, go move boxes. Your, your kid move boxes around. So I'm watching TV and that movie, The Color of Money with Tom Cruise, that Scorsese movie comes on and they're hustling pool and I'm watching it for a few minutes and I'm like, oh shit, I think we were hustling pool that summer. And my grandfather at this point is an old man. I go back and I visit him and I'm like, grandpa, were we hustling pool? And without a moment's hesitation, he's like, oh, yeah, we were hustling the fuck out of some pool. Best summer of my life. Oh, God, that was amazing. I love that summer. And I'm like, Grandpa, how much money did we win that summer? How much? He said, uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was between 13, 14 grand. We were... We were doing pretty good. And I said, I, I, then I got a little angry. I'm like, Grandpa, at the end of that summer, my pay for the whole summer was you gave me a $50 bill and you bought me Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> that was my whole paycheck. And he's like, yeah, but I feel like you learned some valuable lessons about life. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I learned to always watch out for the dirty old fucking hustler. Uh, 
And then as we were kind of, we chatted about it for a few minutes and then I'm like, I, before I left, I'm like, Grandpa, by the way, did you have a name for the hustle? Like I watched this movie and they have all these names for the hustles. What was your name for the hustle? He's like, I called it the old man and the kid. And I'm like, that is the worst Danny Ocean bullshit I have ever <laughs> heard. But I walked away and he still, again, before I left, he's like, kid, please don't tell your mom about any of this. I don't want her to be really angry about it. So I didn't say anything until he passed away and we were at his funeral and I went, I got up to speak and I told that story <laughs> about him at his funeral. And my mother got a shade of red that was like the sun on fire. It was really, she was very upset. But then my cousin, I have a cousin who's like three years younger than me and he came up to me afterward and he's like, hey, by the way, grandpa did that shit with me too. <laughs> We went out hustling pool and I'm like, how much money did, did you win? And he's like, I have no idea. I'm like, what did you get at the end of the summer? And he's like, he bought me a super Nintendo. I'm like, you got, you did better than I did. Uh, <laughs> grandpa, grandpa kind of fucked me over on that one. That, that, uh, good times, good times. Uh, the, the problem is, is I go into that and then I'm like, I don't know where the fucking to go after that. Uh, the computer porn? What? Oh, my great, I do have a bit. Wow, you pay, look at that, paying attention. She knows my set, guys. That's, uh, I don't even remember that shit. Uh, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to do something else. Uh, but I appreciate that, that you even know my bits. That's amazing that someone would, uh, as most comics, I don't fucking pay attention. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, um, my wife and I have been together a little while, uh, like 20 years grand total. And yeah, oof is, oof is the right word. Oof is the right word and then we'll have people tell us like oh well how do you how do you keep it spicy how do you keep it hot and I'm like it's hard to do that it's really hard like you, you just naturally stop being super sexual because like dirty talk changes when you've been with the same person a long time like I like I this is the first time I've ever smelled Marty's poop uh, <laughs> but I've smelled my wife's poop thousands and thousands of times uh and it changes and like you can't like i can't imagine being with my wife like we're sexual we're in the midst of it and i'm like oh you're a dirty girl aren't you like yeah i'm a dirty girl yeah you're dirty you don't rinse out your coffee cup when you're done with it do you no no she's like yeah i'm a dirty girl like yeah we've talked about this multiple times <laughs> It makes it harder to wash it when you don't rinse out your coffee cup. And I just go limp and it's over. That's a good time. <laughs> Thank you. I, that one just came to me a little while ago. See, uh, this is uh, fantastic. I, uh, I was walking around earlier today and I saw an old Chinese dude standing on the street. Not uncommon in San Francisco. And I love old Chinese guys because old Chinese guys do not give a shit. They do not care about anything or anyone. They've been through all sorts of shit. They, could look, they look between 70 and 120 and they just do whatever the fuck they want to do. Like I saw an old Chinese guy in Target once take a bag of Doritos off the shelf, open it, start eating the chips and a Target employee said, hey, you can't do that. And he just went, hmm, and kept eating the chips and just kept doing it. Uh, but this guy, standing on the street corner, super old, smoking a cigarette. That's awesome. Uh, but he was wearing a hat. He was wearing a hat, a baseball hat. And it wasn't a sports hat. It wasn't a Warriors hat. It wasn't a Giants hat. It was a big black hat, and it had words on the front. And those words said, power bottom <laughs> on the hat. And I love that. And I saw that dude and I thought, you know what? That guy either has no idea what those words mean or 
He knows exactly what the fuck those words mean. He wants everyone to know about it. He's like the Mr. Miyagi of taking dick. And that's what I want the story to be so badly. I want that to be. He's like, yeah, this is my life. Living it proud. Going out, walking around, just letting people know. Uh, But then there's also the part of me that knows that like, okay, old Chinese dudes are not exactly go into the store buy a hat brand new kind of fellas they like a bargain they like to get stuff used which means that guy got his power bottom hat second hand and i want to know the story of the guy who had it first that's what i'm thinking about is like because at some point that guy went into the store in the castro and he's like that's right power bottom this is gonna be a fantastic pride let's do it and then what the day came when he looked at that hat on his wall he's like you know what I don't deserve to call myself this anymore. I'm a, I'm not a power bottom. I'm a timid bottom at best. I'm just laying there, just taking it now. I've gotten older. It's just time to pass the baton. And he took that hat, put it into a Goodwill bag, take it, took it down to Goodwill, and they put it on the wall. And at some point, that old Chinese dude walked into that Goodwill and walked past it and like, ooh, power bottom. That is a nice hat. I think that's a Pokemon character. I think <laughs> my grandson will tell me, but I am going to wear this fucking hat. Uh, let's see. Um, I bought an erotic cake recently. Uh, I wanted to buy an erotic cake. I was, well, I went, I started out, it's a friend's birthday and I wanted to buy a dick cake. And now my buddy uh, is a straight dude. I'm a straight dude. I wanted to buy a dick cake, which I know is super corny. But like, I also I would I would contend that a bunch of straight dudes standing around eating a dick cake, super woke as fuck. Uh, <laughs> just having a good time, just getting in touch with our feelings. Like, Mm-mm, I got the head. What'd you get? I got the balls. I'm on the shaft. Yeah, it's good times. Everyone brings closer together. But uh, I didn't know. I'd never ordered an erotic cake before, and so I call. Uh, I first I went on Yelp. And there are lots of reviews on Yelp for places that make erotic cakes. And if you are sitting down to write a review of an erotic cake place, you might have too much time. You should close your Yelp account. But there's lots of them. And I, found, I picked the place I wanted. I called them up and I said, I would like to order a dick cake. And the guy's like, cool. Uh, what color dick do you want? That was a question I had not braced myself for. I had no idea what color. And then I, like, I was going to go with white. Uh, but then I thought he, my buddy's a white guy. I'm a white guy. I should be more woke with my dick cake. Uh, so he's, I'm like, what colors can you do? He's like, well, really I can do black and I can do Latino. That's what I got for the dick. And so I was going to go with Latino and then he, then he's like, well, here's the issues. Uh, the black one would be the XL cake. That's just how we do it. Uh, the Latino one really only looks accurate if it's uncut and it doesn't really come across in the cake. So... <laughs> So then we decided, he's like, I could do other stuff too. And we thought about breasts, but breasts is just, is just kind of boring. Like uh, you can see breasts in a National Geographic. Then we thought about vaginas. And, um, and I, he said, I can't put the pictures on the website for obvious reasons, but let me send you some pictures over email. And I'm like, hey, it's Tuesday morning. I'm at work. Let's do this. <laughs> so he emailed me pictures of vagina cakes. And I got to tell you, I don't think the cake industry has been able to catch up and truly capture the majesty of the female vagina uh, in cake form. It just didn't look right. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I could, I, could, uh, I could make you an ass cake. And I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. And then he's like, let's do a Latino ass cake. And he's like, cool. Uh, What style ass do you want? And I'm like, well, what kind of style do I have to choose from? He's like, dude, just tell me what kind of ass you like. 
And this is a tough thing because then as a guy, you're like, I'm going to reveal my soul to this dude. And it was quiet for a second. And then I, I decided I'm just going to go ahead and lay it out there. I'm like, how about Instagram fitness model ass? And he was quiet for a second. He's like, dude, I got you. <laughs> and I went and picked up that cake three days later. Best $70 I ever spent. That cake was erotic as fuck. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys very much. Hail Satan. Keep it going for Pam, everybody. We did it. We did it. Yay, yay for us. Thank you, audience members, non-comedians, and David for running the board. Um, I hope that you thought the treats were really good. Uh, yay. No, seriously, thanks for being here. And we do it every week. And it's going to be on the internet. And I swear we have a huge live listening audience. But thank you so much for being a real person, real people. And um, everybody, have a great night. I'm going to hang out here for a bit and smoke a bowl. And you guys are welcome to join me and whatever. And we'll play some more Floating Goat. Okay, yay, bye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to the bar afterwards. Big chunk of fresh. I would have been a great chunk. famous person. You kidding? It would have been great. Grass stuffed in your fucking helmet. I went down, but the helmet saved me. I'm going to give it away later. I might auction it. You never know. You never can tell. Uh
You know who you can tell is Johan Zarco. Uh, he showed how a pole sitter should start by shrieking away from the front and taking the lead that Mark Marquez would briefly hold for three quarters. Uh, Zarco would hold a nice lead until lap 17. So this guy, like, took pole position, right? Fucking very good. Uh, had a great year last year, still in a satellite, you know, Yamaha this year. Um, uh, his uh, tires started going on lap 17, and that's when Johan went backwards through the pack. Uh, Mark Marquez constantly badgered Zarco. And next he was Andre Divizioso, who slowly made his, made his way up through uh, the, the pack, uh, saving his tires. And Marquez was quite impetuous in chasing the boys down and sliding everywhere. So ended up with Divizioso in front on the Ducati with Mark Marquez on his Honda chasing him. Uh, and third was Rossi, uh, who had briefly led earlier. Um, but was content to uh, run third. Uh, Zarco slid back uh, third, fourth, fifth, and eventually I think he took, where was he, sixth? No. Uh, faded to fourth before resuming the lead challenge with Dovi and Marquez. Oh, Valentino Rossi was an early challenger to, uh, to Zarco, but faded to fourth before resuming the lead ch- challenge with Dovi and Marquez. Uh, in the end, the man who could who conserve tires showed patience at poise under Divizioso, held off a late charge from Mark Marquez to take the checkers. Uh, Marquez would take second, Rossi would claim third, Cal Crutchlow fourth, and Daniello Petrucci fifth. So that was the race. I don't think I butchered that too bad this week. Uh, but great racing out there. It was under the lights for the, uh, uh, the the night race there, for the big race there. 350 kilometers down the main straight. That works out to like two, five, two ten, someplace in there. They're fucking boogieing down the straight. It's fucking good shit, George. It's no joke, man. Um, straight up. Uh, why is it, just some MotoGP notes here. Why isn't Johan Zarco on a factory Yamaha? This one's killing me. This guy was like out qualifying the regular Yamaha uh, factory bikes, and it just ain't happening. Uh, he, he, he was just fucking badass. It's business. He's, he's doing it on a Yamaha, right? He is, but he's a satellite rider. So he's like, right. they should not be winning races. The main factory Yamaha bike should be winning. Should be. It's kind of an embarrassment for Yamaha not to it be winning. kind of is. Well, why isn't Honda's grabbing this kid up and saying, hey, you should race with us? Maybe he's only riding the Yamahas. He's kicking ass. He's still putting Yamaha on the fucking, on the fucking leaderboard, right? He is. There you go. He why is, do we, we got to pay this kid? He's doing it for us. Uh, I, he's running a deal. Ducati dominated practice, Petrucci and Divizioso. Uh, not so much with Lorenzo, but those guys were constantly one, two, three, or four. And uh, for quite a while, it was Ducati's three out of the top four. And then uh, Zarco comes along and scoots and, and takes the pole position. Fucking badass guy. Uh, Danilo Petrucci, another guy that should be on a full factory ride, had a great ride for Ducati, and then faded in the race. That was a, a shame to see that we happen. Should, we should look into raising funds for that guy so he can be an independent. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a, a valiant effort, but. Why not? Uh, I think we ought to raise ourselves for the like. FTW fucking. The FTW, FTW sponsor. Put a big FTW Bro, on his back. Can't give you much money. How about I take you out for beers and buy a joint? I don't know. <laughs> I can paint your fairings for you and put a big FTW on the side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's all stickers put together, but we do need to get some FTW stickers going. Uh, Jorge Lorenzo's weekend uh, was a weekend to forget with a crash halfway through the race. He lost his brakes altogether. So it was fortunate he wasn't going 300 clicks. He was only going like uh, 180 clicks. That's like 100, 120. So he was able to take it out into the desert someplace and just dump it in the gravel. So, But scary moment for him losing your brakes altogether that's not a good thing what gear was he in at that speed probably fourth yeah downshift 
Uh, you can only uh, do that so much, you know. <laughs> you, yeah. Eventually, you got to ditch he it. Dragging his feet. Uh, I didn't know. <laughs> I'd be doing that. I did that once. It was, didn't work very well. Dude, I had a bike when I was a kid. I used to ride a BMX bike to school every day, and fucking, I built this bike up myself. And at the time, the popular thing was freewheel fucking. Because before, uh, when I was a kid, coaster most, brakes. Most bikes had coaster brakes. Yep. And then they came out the freewheels on the BMX, right? And you had to put fucking handbrakes on the fucking thing. Yep. You'd fly with a fucking free. Freewheels, yeah, they they roll pretty good. So I had Skyway Tufts, man. But I had a frame, I had a mongoose frame that was from '76 or something, which they didn't have handbrakes back then. So it didn't have a mount for the handbrake, but it had a little clip for the fucking coaster brake, right? Yeah. So I didn't have any brakes. <laughs> My neighbor had so that. It didn't were, work well sometimes. San Francisco's got a lot of hills. Yeah, there was there was a couple of close calls, but fucking you know back then you know they knew kids were riding around the streets like little assholes anyhow. So people were looking out more, and they weren't driving like dicks to begin with. I don't think they're not as bad. I did get hit on that bike one time. That's another story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in so, next week for George's. So yeah, no, I used to just bronco the, I used to bronco the curb, you know, at top speed. Uh, every- Oh, I don't believe I'd want that. I guess not. 
Listen, I've got a bull constrictor here. It's pregnant. I can give you that. And uh, there's the white rats free. You want to see it? I'll let it out here. Oh, careful. Oh, Lord. Paul, come in here. That snake up and swallowed another customer.
on the sidewalk A little music from the house next door So I walk on up to the doorstep Through the screen and across the floor Switch on the stroke. Do what you like. We're gonna have a 
Get up and clean your teeth and have a shave It's 1am, let's go out to a rave One more in before we hit that grave It's hotter than a microwave Wave Come on, dim the lights One time Switch on the stove Do what you like Switch on the stove Do what you like We're gonna 